are now tuned in to this week's episode of our podcast. Today, we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. By sharing our collective expertise, we will show you how to harness, control, and use your own skill set to achieve ultimate success and live the life you want. And now, please welcome your host. Hi, this is Patrick Rooney from PRRooney.com. And we're doing something really different today. And this is going to be the first of, I hope, many interviews I'm going to be doing with people that I think are doing something. Some of them will be uh, maybe well-known names. Some will be people that you don't know. But the commonality here is going to be people that I think are doing something important. It may be in the field of fitness, health, uh, the larger uh, section of health being physical health, spiritual health, different ways of health. It might be in nutrition. Uh, it might be in something like that. Or at times we may go into some other things such as independence. And uh, I want to interview some other people too, who uh, I know, who are successful in one way or another. And it may not be directly in health, but they may be doing business, starting a business or something like that, which I think is, uh, I encourage everybody to be more independent and look for ways to do that. So we're going to get right into this. Uh, I have a friend named uh, Brian Misaraka, a great friend of mine, known him for many years. And uh, he's really a great guy. And one of the things, the reason I'm bringing him on today is he is, uh, he's been a client of mine in the past, and he's uh, over 60 years old and in, in really great shape. And uh, I want to talk to him and kind of uh, dig into uh, his brain a little bit today and have him share with you some of the things he's done to be very successfully healthy at the age of, I, I believe he's 62 now, he can correct me if I'm wrong, once we bring him on. Uh, so I'm bringing Brian on. How you doing, Brian? Doing good. Did you hear my opening at all? No, I didn't hear your opening. Okay. I, hope you didn't say, I hope you didn't say anything bad about me. I trashed you pretty bad, uh, but don't worry. Uh, in any case, uh, I want to get, get rolling with this and telling people a little bit about you. Um, are you 62 now or so? I'm going to be 62 in June. Okay. So you're over 60. You've been a, a client of mine uh, in the past. And uh, you're somebody who's in, in, in tremendous shape. And I'm not going to take credit for getting you into shape. That was your doing, not mine. Um, but I do want to talk to you about some of the things that you've done to, to get in great shape at, at, at your age. There's so many people who fall apart when they get to, I mean, I, I've had clients, you know, all, when, when people are like even 30 and above now, if they're really not taking care of themselves, they start falling apart. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty start. It's pretty easy to start slipping. It really is. And when you get to forty, it's another milestone. Then you get to fifty, you start to get into this club where people around you start their their health starts deteriorating, and we have our own challenges. Right. And then once you get to sixty, which I haven't got to yet, but I'm not not that far. I'm going to be fifty nine in, in a month. Um, so I'll, God willing, I'll know what that's like pretty soon. But I want to be healthy at 60. I want to be able to do the same things. I want to be able to, to you know, to enjoy my life and enjoy, enjoy a great world. I don't yeah. want to be like an invalid once I hit 60. And I don't think we need to be anymore. Right. I don't think we ever did need to be. No. I mean, people seem to have the mentality that they, when they get older, uh, relatively speaking, they, it's, they kind of have license to just kind of fall apart, you know? Right. Like I, I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm uh, halfway there, you know, like I'm halfway towards, you know, being dead. So right. I kind of have the right, you know, I don't fall apart and uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Yes. But yeah. I say you can enjoy life a lot more being healthy. Exactly. I, I, I see people out there regularly. I mean, I live in the South. So we have people that get overweight. I mean, overweight is everywhere. I know it's going on in California where you are. Yeah. And more and more, I talked to someone from California yesterday. They said, yeah, I mean, I grew up in California and people are just getting fatter and fatter every year. Uh, but I really see it here. And I also see people as they get older, start diving into sweets. I, and I mean, serious big time sugar stuff. And at the time they need their health the most, it's going to deteriorate their health that much quicker because of the kind of stuff that they're just uh, shoving into their, into their mouth. Oh yeah. There, what happens is, um, you know, their taste buds become corrupted. Yeah. I mean, and that destroys that, that refined sugar destroys you and you become addicted to it. Absolutely. That sugar is like a drug. I mean, if you've ever had, you know, Baskin Robbins, you know, sugar is a drug, you know, sugar, sugar and, and fat, right? When you're having ice cream, yeah. the best cream. right? Krispy Kreme, sugar and fat. I mean, you can get addicted and you see guys my age and younger at, at the donut shop every single, you know, that's where they meet. That's where they congregate around. It becomes part of their social, uh, fabric of meeting at a donut shop. I know. And, and I hope we can change that. Um, I hope you can help me change that. Brian, tell, uh, before we get too far into what we want to talk about, tell people like a little bit about yourself and how you became the over 60 in shape, really great shape guy. How did that guy, how did that, where'd that guy come from? Well, I mean, um, really I'm just a, a, a a typical guy. I mean, there's nothing special about me, except for the fact, you know, that I'm incredibly good looking, of course. Yeah, of but course. besides that, I'm just a regular guy. Right. And um, I mean, I live in I live in Southern California. I've um, um, been married for 25 years. Coming here in August, yeah. I've got three kids, um, and that was one of the reasons why I started to get in shape. I had kids when I was a little bit older. I, my first child I had when I was, I believe 41. And then I, um, had my last child when I was 45, I believe. Hmm. So I knew I needed to keep up. I couldn't just be some, I couldn't be their grandfather. I yeah. had to be their dad, you know, and I had to be there on the spot. So that was one of the uh, impetuses for me to to stay in shape. Yeah. Because I, I I had you know a lot of the kids' fathers that were that their age were I don't know fifteen years younger than me. You so, have no. You're saying you're saying really you have no choice. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but to be honest with you, I, how did fitness you know become part of my life and. I, I, gee, I, I really don't know. Um, I was, I was always, it just was always part of my life for the main part. Were you, um, did you play sports as a kid? I never got involved in any organized sports when I was a kid. Um, I was always kind of small for my age. 
And so it never really worked out. But, you know, I would play basketball in the street seven days uh, in my driveway, actually, seven days a week for hours a day. And we play football in the street, you know, stuff like that. Um, Which which kids don't do anymore, hardly. No, they're on a video game. Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of kids that lived in Southern California, uh, I started surfing when I was a teenager. And that was a very rigorous type of sport, you know, especially when it got big. Yeah. And uh, that developed my love for the water. And, you know, it was quite a workout, too, to do that. What beach would you go down to? I would go down to the... uh, to the coast of Palos Verdes and to the, uh, the South Bay Redondo beach. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. And they were, they were, it, it was, I mean, the coast of Palos Verdes, it was a, a rugged coastline. And if you didn't know how to get out in the surf and paddle very quickly, you'd be up against the, the reefs. Oh yeah. You get pushed into the rocks and the, the rocks. And I've got some scars from that, but yeah, that's scary. It, it gets scary on a big day, but, I guess what really got me started the most. Were you a good surfer, by the way? Pardon me? Were you a good surfer? I was, I was pretty decent. I was a pretty decent surfer. I used to go out all the time. We would go out all the time. I never, I, never, I, never, I never surfed. Well, I shouldn't. Yeah, I never surfed. But I body surfed. And as a kid, we used to ride the rafts. Yeah. yeah. Ways, you know, Zuma oh, Beach or something. It's all the same. You've got a scratch to get out there. And a big set comes in. And you've got to, you know. You've got to swim. You got to be able to hold your breath underwater when it comes and pounds down on you, and could you know get out of a riptide, all that stuff. It gets it gets pretty hairy, and it's quite a workout. It I mean, is. It's it's a great workout. Yeah, you'd eat like crazy when you got out of the water. You yeah, you do. You you burn so much calories anytime you're in the water, right? Yeah. But it's uh, it, you know, I look at it now and. Um, it, it, it's kind of like you don't want to do that when you get older you don't want to do some of the same stuff that you would easily do when you're a kid like you know yeah, it was fun it was fun but you don't want to go out and nap maybe you do but uh because you swim i know you swim in the ocean too these yeah. days, but so you're kind of used to that stuff but it's like once you get older and you're not used to it you don't want to get pounded underneath the water by like a huge wave too much yeah yeah I mean, I, I still like getting pounded i still like going out good for you man relatively large surf but I got, I mean, I, I wouldn't go out in as big a surf as I used to go because I got some, you know, I got a family. Yeah. I, I don't want to get injured and, you know, where'd the paycheck go? That's right. <laughs> uh, oh, Brian 62, he, he got uh, hammered and uh, he, the, you know, they call the paramedics and now he doesn't have a paycheck. You know? That's right. That's right. So you, um, you still now, now, so getting up to this day, so you just kind of got used to your places where you do stuff in the street. Well, uh, yeah. I would say, I guess I really start, what really started me on my quest to be the most physically fit was when I started learning martial arts, ah. um, namely uh, the martial art called Krav Maga. Yes. As you know, Krav Maga is what the Israeli military teaches its, its soldiers, its law enforcement. It, it's an extremely violent art. Yes. Um, the training was brutal for it, uh, and I wa- But you know, I wanted to become more proficient at it, and it was very physically demanding, and it required one thing. It required was a lot of endurance. But I always thought to myself, you know, 
what's the point in being fit if you can't protect yourself? That's true. That was the like the main driving force. Because Krav Maga, there was casualties in class all the time. I mean, yeah, you, you, I broke, I broke my ribs in in Krav Maga. I punctured my lung. I detached both my retinas. Uh, I broke my foot. I mean, we would have drills where you would learn a defense, right? Krav Maga is the martial art where your objective is to beat the crap out of somebody in five seconds and end the it's a five second fight yeah. probably quicker the better yeah quicker the better and punch him in the throat and uh, you know all the dirty tricks um well you got you got you got uh it's safe to say you got beat up more in class than you'd ever did on the street oh yeah i got beat up more in class well they would have drills where they would say okay you guys learned an art you know of self-defense of a certain you know maneuver of self-defense today um all right everybody go get brian and he and attack him in the way that we've taught him to defend himself again right so you've got a class of 10 guys chasing you around the dojo and they're saying when you catch them rough them up a little bit yeah there's nothing more frightening these are you know <laughs> these, these are not sissy boys right yeah, you're being evasive, but it, but at a certain point, they tell you don't run. Let them come and get you. Yeah. You defend against yourself. So it might be a choke, it might be a bear hug from the back, it might be punches, it might be kicks, and they're kicking you and they're punching you and they're choking you, and you better know how to get out of it. Yeah. So that is, that is pretty frightening. You know, um, uh, you know, I did Krav Maga as well for uh, sure. for a while and got to the point of like assistant instructor. I remember uh, taking a class for that, for assistant instructor. Right. That was years ago. I was actually involved with some of the first Krav Maga people to even come to the U.S. Yeah, there was very few black belts in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I had some of the greatest teachers. Uh, I, had the, I had the highest ranked American teacher, uh, Darren Levine, was my, was my, oh, really? was my instructor. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and Amy Lichten, Lichtenfeld, I think you pronounced the name, yeah. the, the founder yeah. of Krav Maga. He was a direct, uh, you know, student from Emi. Yes. And then I had other guys come over, uh, a guy named Ayel. He came over from Israel one time and taught. And he was another really high-ranking instructor. So we had some of the most incredible instructors. It yeah. was a real blessing to be able to be involved with them at, at that time. But um, yeah. how, how far along did you go in, in Krav Maga? Um, I just went to an orange belt. And after I detached my second retina, my doctor said, you can't take any more blows to the face. Yeah. And so, but I still practice the maneuvers, but um, I don't let it, you know, nobody's punching me. Right. So, yeah. no, I, 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 you know, they know one speed, uh, the Israelis, and that's, you know, full oh. going for it. I mean, if you get a black belt in Krav Maga, it's not like getting a black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, they say it's about like a blue belt or some equivalent, or you know, in a lot of arts, right? A yeah, blue yeah. Krav would be like a black, probably in many. Yeah, it really would. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's how I started. Okay. Uh, so you do so today? Then you do. I know what you do today. We we'll get into that in a minute. But you include then you're saying some element of martial arts training within yeah. your current training. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, hitting the heavy bag is part of that too. Yeah, I work that into a lot of the workouts. I mean, I do a lot of conventional exercises that everybody does. You know, I do push-ups, pull-ups, right. sit-ups, dumbbell and barbell weightlifting. I do, you know, squats and deadlifts and overhead presses, and the usual compound movements. I like the Olympic lifts, the, the clean and jerk and the, and the snatch because they incorporate um, explosiveness and strength and balance all at the same time. They but bring most of the aspects of, of, of what it's like to be a true athlete, right? Right. I mean, but most of the workouts I do, I design for myself, and they're a conglomerate of everything I've learned over the years. Primarily, the workouts concentrate on full body involvement and I do my own programming. Now, you, you know, when I started working with you, I, I, I did see that you were doing a lot of stuff. Now, I would call a lot of stuff that you're doing kind of CrossFit style. You were in CrossFit for a while? I was for, for a short period of time. Uh, I just got too busy to go to it. I like CrossFit because they, they do concentrate a lot on uh, being multifaceted. Uh, you do a lot of different things in CrossFit, and um, but I just got too busy, and so I had to do it. And I basically work out from my home gym and outside. Well, I've seen your home gym, and it's awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's got all the things somebody would need to kind of stay in shape, including a rope that goes through the ceiling of the of the of the of the room. Yeah, I like doing rope climbs. Yeah, you still do rope climbs today? Yeah, I still do rope. I still do rope climbs. Yeah, yeah, I do rope. There's different ways of doing rope climbs too. Um, you can rope climb without. Well, you need a rope, but it doesn't have to be hanging. I right. could, I could tell you uh, a technique on doing that. But yeah, I like doing rope climbs. So tell me a little bit about uh, you do. You, you a lot of things I noticed that you really like to do, which is great in general, is endurance work. How did you get into endurance work? Was that through martial arts? Yeah, it was originally, I mean, that's how, that was like the motivation to get into endurance, but, you know. In other words, if somebody is going to fight you, you better be prepared to go through whatever it takes. We know how, if you've ever been, we, we've been in fights before, it's, you can, you can lose energy so quickly. You've There's really nothing like being, the, see, because um, there is a, a, a huge uh, adrenaline spike when you're in a fight. Right. And when you when you are pumping out, there's nothing scarier than the concept of somebody hitting you in the face. You know what I mean? Kind of like it gets your adrenaline going. Where the there's a there's a uh, a large person that intends on crushing your face. Plus, you have to you know be involved in something that's very uh, you know rigorous of being in a fight. I yeah. mean, the survival kind of a thing. So you lose energy really, really quick. You, you reminded me of the uh, Mike Tyson quote about everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I work out about five times a week, uh, okay. four or five times a week for about 45 minutes uh, a workout. Not much downtime in my workouts. I don't rest much between exercise. Yeah. And, and sometimes if I don't have 45 minutes, I will split the workout into two workouts, two smaller oh, that's workouts. That's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. 
Jack, you know, Jack, Jack Lane used to say that he would rest about 10 seconds. That's about it. Yeah. Well, it's just, I, strength and endurance is what I focus on. I feel, I feel it's important to have a, you know, and maintain a certain level of strength. Right. And I do relatively heavy weight lifting twice a week. Um, but, uh, you know, and that's going to consist of, you know, your typical compound movements, your bench press, you know, your squats, your overhead press, not a lot of deadlifting, although I like the deadlift, my body's yeah. like the levers don't seem quite right. It's rough. So, it's rough when you get a little older. Yeah, I'll do other things to supplement it. I mean, I can still deadlift twice my body weight. That's good. So I kind of want to maintain that that at least for my deadlift. Maybe I'll work on it later. But now you're 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 uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I says one thing I've learned when it comes to lifting heavy is to go slow. Yeah. Advance. My yeah. rule is I've got a rule that says, um, you should, before you advance to a next higher weight, you should be able to do five sets of five of that weight without, you know, um, graduating to the next higher weight. It makes sense. You need to own that weight that you're lifting. And I, I almost never do singles or doubles. Yeah. I, very rarely do I really do triples. Five by, if I can get to five by five, I know I own that weight. And right. then I'll graduate and I'll graduate slowly. I'll graduate five pounds even on a, even on a squat, you know? If, if so five by five was just for some of the, the viewers and some may know, some may not know, but five by five is, is, is a workout routine that was first popularized by uh, the guy that trained Arnold. You remember yeah. his name offhand? I'm, uh, what was his I, name? I can't remember. He was Arnold's name. mentor. Yeah. Ridge Park. Ridge Park, okay. So he, he popularized it. The guy had an amazing body. He was a great bodybuilder. He was a champion bodybuilder. And yet at the same time, he was strong as hell. Kind of like Franco Colombo, you know, Arnold's trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arnold um, himself was a, was a power lifter. Right, right. I mean, I've learned, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a kind of a slow learner, but I've learned to never force reps. They destroy your tendons. When oh, you, man. When you grind out reps and you just like shake into, they'll destroy your tendons. They'll actually, and you'll pay for it. Yeah. You can go to failure, but failure means going to failure keeping good form when you start yeah. compensating your form right complete your lift you are absolutely begging for an injury yeah so don't even go there my policy is be the tortoise you will finish first in the long run that's what we're aiming for here we're aiming for longevity this stuff is so important brian and this is one of the reasons why i wanted to interview you because of your age and where you're at, because I've gone through all this stuff. And as a, as a personal trainer, I've seen people, I've done it myself. I was going through a period fairly recently where I was lifting heavy, you know, and I haven't been lifting heavy, heavy for many years, but heavy for me right now. Right. Even heavy for me right now ended up being too heavy because what you said is so true. I would be, um, I would be doing some heavy stuff, sometimes down to singles with squats and deadlifts, especially deadlifts. 
And what was happening, what ended up happening is my inner elbows, right? My inner elbow, the, the, the tendons in here, that you could say the joints, but really the tendons yes. were getting so sore. Um, and it took me a long time. And they're still not quite right. I've been kind of working my way out of them with a lot of high reps and low weight. Right. Rest when needed. Um, but that stuff is that stuff will take you out. If you don't watch it, especially as you get a little older, you're doing heavy weights uh, and you're pushing out. I like the way you said that. You said grinding out like singles and things. Yeah. And destroy your tendons. Yeah. You're going to be in big trouble and you're not going to be able to work out anymore if you don't get really smart about things. The tendons can't keep up with the ego. They yeah. just can't. The, the thing about a tendon is it's white tissue. It, it, consequently, what it, that's telling you is there's not a lot of blood going into tendons. There is some vascularity going into a tendon and cartilage and ligaments, but not at the same rate as muscle, that's right? True. So tendons can't keep up with muscle. Uh, you know, the, the muscle wants to push it, but the tendons will suffer. Well, and, th and this, is why, this is why steroids can be so dangerous because yeah. You can yeah, pull the yeah. body up and put all sorts of, you know, uh, you know, soft tissue. I mean, they can put so much muscle in there, or it's not really muscle, but there's a lot of fake pumped up stuff in there. Right. Your joints and your tendons are not keeping up with the strength that these guys are putting on after they get steroided up. That's exactly what happens. A lot of and they get, and they get injured. And yeah. They get injured. They tear. They tear and tendons and ligaments and all that kind of stuff. And even if you're natural and not doing steroids, it's really easy to do. And I want to be one of those few and show others. And that's why one reason why you're here to show others how to do this because right. we can't work out. I found this out a long time ago. I can't work out the same way I did when I was in my twenties. I mean, I worked out a certain way right. can work quote unquote for a certain period of time. And then that's it. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, like I say, when I graduate to heavier weights, I don't graduate. I, I, okay. I get to a five by five at the current weight I'm on five reps times five sets. And I, and I know I'm comfortable handling that. I'm not grinding out that fifth rep on that fifth set. I just, I own it at that point. When I go on to the next weight, it's one, 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 and one. In other words, I do one rep of that next weight five times. I do, that's, they're five singles, but they're easy, right? Because yeah. I can do, I can do five their weight. The yeah. next week I'll come in and do two reps. Or, the, you know, and I'll just, but I've got to own it at two reps times yeah. five sets. Yeah. They just go up there. And once I get to five reps times five sets, form is good. I feel good. I know I could, I know I could do more. Then I'll go to the next. Exactly. One. That's really a smart way to do it. So Brian, moving forward here, because there's something yeah. I want to ask you about. So your current, you'd say your current workout would be, you're doing about four or five days a week. Right. But uh, is it safe to say that you're not working any one particular area of the body, maybe more than uh, not, not two days in a row or do you sometimes? I, I, I do full body workouts as much as possible. So that type of exercise I was talking about, the five by five, that's a strength based type of a workout. It's, it's not so much, uh, although I do, I do limit my, uh, time between uh, sets, what, what I really like to do is do full body workouts, and most of the time that's outside. Okay. Um, but are, like, you using, are you using a similar muscle group two days in a row sometimes or no? 
I, I will, but for the most part, I am doing full body exercises every time I, I go out. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating on doing full body exercises. Right. It's, it's, it's what I'm trying to achieve is a full body workout. And to tell, do that, tell me what your goal in doing full body is. What are, what are you achieving by doing full body and also compound, as you mentioned? Well, life is full body. Life is typically full body. If you need to do most of the things that are routine in life, you, you wind up needing your whole body to do that. Right. And so I use different uh, exercise equipment, unconventional exercise equipment a lot of times to achieve that. I'm looking, well, one thing I, I and I have some of the stuff in here in, in the, my office here, I just brought in to show you rather, go ahead. what I like to use uh, working out. Most of the time, a lot of times, I work out just at a park. I need a big area to do what I do. But one of the, one of the workouts, and I'll bring this up, that I use, and what's indispensable to me, is the most inexpensive sled that you can pretty much buy. You can get one of these for about, I don't know, $75, $80. This is a, a pole sled. Uh, and basically the weight goes on top of here, right? You put yeah. your on top of here. You'll hook, you'll hook up straps to here. And uh, Wait, is, that, so, is that something that you bought as is, or did you fashion that somehow? No, I bought that. I bought that. I used to drag. I, I used to drag around tires with weights in them, but they're a lot more awkward to move around, you know, and put in your trunk and whatever. But you could you could fashion a tire. You know, and you know, you where, 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 did, where, before you get to that one, where did you buy that first one? I bought that at Fringe Sport, but there's lots of different companies you can get. Uh, you know, this one here, uh, this thing screws on and off. You know, the the stem. Mm -hmm. uh, like if you go to Rogue, they have the ones that hinge. That those are nicer. Okay. They're a little funny. Um, so they're about seventy or eighty bucks. You said. Yeah, and you get a strap. You know, they come with the strap. I have a little bit. It's uh, heavier duty of a strap that I use. This is just, you know, it's it's 20-foot long strap. Oh, that's interesting. That thing, that thing that you had, uh, what do you call those again? They're called sleds. And that, that, really, they're called economy sleds. Or when you first brought it up, it looked like a, uh, I used to play t-ball when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. It looked like the home plate with the tea thing. For, right, right. For the tea you ball. could make one yourself, but they're cheap enough to just buy something like that. I, I find you make a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've made. You're very creative in terms of, of I guess oh, yeah. your, your background is making things to some extent, right? My typical workout is you'll pull, you know, go forward with it. You know, you pull it. I'll pull it 200, well, 400 meters. I'll pull it like a quarter mile with, I mean, right now I'm, I'm doing about 120 pounds. So I'm pulling it with about 120 right. pounds. Then I'll pull it backwards. You know, I'll pull and walking backwards. Right. getting your you know, your quads and everything like that. You get the whole, you're getting balance. Right. I'm pulling it sideways. So I'm pulling it like that. So you around the other side. Motion. Right. You could punch it, you, you know, take a step and then punch it out. You could put your head down and do an overhead press with it. You could do, it sounds like you could do almost anything with it that would work the body. I'm telling you, you could do just about anything. So I'm getting my legs, I'm getting my arms. I'm twisting, I'm going transversely. Yeah. I'm, you know, uh, face pulls, yeah. rows with it. Um, 
this, this, I keep this. on going and going. I'm pulling it, walking sideways. So I'm crossing my legs as I pull it, strengthening the joints in my knees. So, so would you say most of the stuff that you've got here, would you, have you made it or bought it? Um, some of it I've made, some of it I bought, some of them I've, I've repurposed. In other words, um, let's say this is another thing I use. This is, this is a, a stability ball filled with about 30 pounds of water. Okay, cool. It's like the 30 pound medicine ball, so to speak, yeah. but it's completely unstable. It, it wants to move on you. Yes. So I'll throw this overhead. I will throw this like in a squat and throw it out in front of me. Yeah. I'll throw it sideways. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, there's so many things you can do with it. I'll carry it over my head and walk a quarter mile with it. Right. I'll put the, I'll put it under my arm and walk a quarter mile with it. Switch arms. So, so you could do a whole a workout. You could take that one thing and do a whole bunch of stuff with that, and that could be your workout. That's what, that's what it is. And um, I have another one, too. This one is for heavier work. This thing is completely unstable. This is a water ball. Yeah, yeah. So with this, you could do anything. You could clean it. You could jerk it. This one happens to weigh about 85 pounds. Yeah. Just the weight in it. <coughs> you could you could put a little bit of weight, you could put a lot of weight. Um that is really cool, man. Um that's that they're about ten dollars a piece. And they they'll kick your butt. And what the thing about it is because it's unstable, everything's unstable. There's other things I use too. I use a thing called a slosh pipe, which is a piece of three or four inch yes. rigid PVC, and it's halfway filled with water. Cap both ends of it. You carry that thing overhead. There's about nothing more unstable than a slosh pipe. It's constantly moving on you. So what does that do when you're carrying something that's that's unstable? What is the value of it? Is it balance? Is it strength? What, what would it be? It's all the above. It, what it's doing a lot is it's working muscles that you typically never work. Yeah. Um, these odd objects, these, these awkward objects like water balls and slosh pipes, is it, well, I use a term called reality-based weightlifting because in reality, most of the heavy objects you lift are as not as simple as lifting a barbell. Yes. Lifting a stone or lifting a bag of sand or dragging your friend to safety in an emergency. Yes. Not the same as lifting a barbell. Yeah. Carrying an injured child yes. in your arms or even carrying a five-gallon bucket of paint is not the same as carrying a, a dumbbell. That's right. I like using objects where the, sh where the weight shifts a lot and because that's how life is. Yeah, that's true. But consequently, you wind up using submaximal weights, right? I couldn't right. do that with 200 You don't need as much weight. But, but it's, right. like, it's like, it also, you know, I've heard people talk about it, and I've done it, you have too, moving somebody, moving, you know, right. house moving. House yes. moving is all about awkwardness and, yeah. you know, right? So it's not the same. 
you're moving a reclining chair, you know, how unbalanced something like that is. And yeah. And that's what, you know, that's practical. That's practical strength. I yeah. like to have a lot of practical strength. You're using a lot, like I say, you're using a lot more of those stabilizer muscles. And what I find is when you work out like that, it makes you a lot less prone to injury. Because uh -huh. All those little muscles that you were intended to use that God gave you, you're able to use them. That is fascinating. So that makes, that makes so much sense, Brian. Yeah. That, yeah, that I really mean, does. So I'll go to the park. I'll throw that ball around, that 30-pound ball around. I'll throw it over my head. I'll throw it forwards. I'll throw it everywhere. I'll throw it underhand. I'll carry it under my arms, you know. And uh, it's about the most, uh, you know, it's really unstable. And yeah. I'm... I'm a big believer in battle ropes too. I've really gotten into using battle ropes. Yeah. Yeah. For strength and endurance. Uh, there are so many exercises you can do with battle ropes besides just using them for, you know, their intended purposes. You can, um, you can tie a, a kettlebell onto it and you can do rope pulls, you know, you can do in all kinds of different positions. I yeah. do a lot of rope pulls. Um, and that there's a, there, like I was telling you earlier, there's a way of rope climbing where you're actually doing a horizontal rope climb. You're, you're laying on your back. You have the rope. So imagine I'm laying on my back and I'm pulling the rope like this. All right. That's the same as a rope climb. It's the same as a legless rope climb. Yeah, that's true. And you can, you can adjust the weight to whatever you want. Brian, this is so good. Um, I need to move on kind of quickly. Sure, sure. I do want to hit a few other things, but sure. I was thinking as you were talking, you know, I hope, I mean, I know that you're, you have the things that you do in life, but I, I've often thought, man, Brian has so much to offer the world of fitness because, you know, we all kind of find our own way. Yeah. And I found my own way through my injuries and things along the years, things I just had to teach myself if I wanted to function anymore. And you found your own way in terms of, especially endurance and, and, and hitting the whole body. It's, it's really valuable. So I'm glad you're getting out there. And maybe, you know, maybe one day, who knows, maybe uh, you'll be able to help more people in the, in the, in the world of fitness because uh, people need that today. Yeah. But um, let, me, let me, I want to talk about a couple other things that are important, especially as you get older. And I, I want to get your take on these things. Let's talk about, first of all, uh, recuperation. Yeah. How important is rest and recuperation, especially, I'm not trying to lead you, I'm, I'm sure you probably say it is important, but I want to get your personal take on this, on rest and recuperation. Um, well, how can I say, I mean, like I say, I'm a hard learner um, when it comes to this subject, uh, but I've learned when it comes to getting fit you know like i say it's better to be the tortoise than the hair yeah it pulls a tendon the hair tears a muscle the hair burns out but the tortoise just keeps on going and going and rest and recuperation is everything it's everything if you push it if if you push life life will push you back yeah, life will knock you on your ass it yeah. really will and as you know life is i mean um health and fitness it's a three-legged stool you have exercise you have diet and you have rest yeah which i wanted to get into diet a little bit too when we get a chance you pull out any one of those three you're gonna fall it's gonna happen have you, so, have you so have you what i like the question then is have you had a 
is it kind of a natural thing you're resting your recuperation or because of the way I know you train very hard and yeah. is the way you train, have you kind of had to consciously get more rest and things like that? Yeah, I've had to, I've had to learn not to push it. That's what I've had to learn because I'm, I'm very gung ho when it comes to exercise. I like to exercise hard. Yeah. I like to be winded and find out what I'm capable of doing, what my body is capable of doing. But, you know, in the back of your head, you got to say, whoa, you know, slow down, Brian. You got to be sensible about this. So I've had to teach myself to slow down. Right. Because I, I, I love being in the gym. I love being outside working out. Yeah, I do too. But so you've got to have that. And before I didn't have any... I didn't have anything stopping me, and I, I would. I think I think a lot of guys are like that, and and, and overuse injuries are so common now. Oh, yeah. And I think that's just a way of that we're kind of wired in a way is that we like yeah. activity, we like to push things around, we like to push things literally too far sometimes. Yeah, I think it just seems to be something that is the hardest thing to learn. I think for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, um, a lot of my injuries have come besides Pete and Gromaga, a lot of injuries might come have come from me not learning that quick enough. Absolutely. And, and, and I push it and wow, here I am. And now you're injured. Now you're set back. Now you, in many ways, you kind of have to start over again. You have to learn whether you like it or not. I found that you have to learn patience in this game. Yeah. If you don't learn patience, and I think you said something kind of similar to this early on in the interview, you're going to be forced to learn patience because yeah. you have to sit your butt down and yeah. wait for a while before you train again sometimes. That's right. And yeah, you know, life, life, you push life, life will push you back. Yeah. Long. And I know that you've, um, I know that you've, you've, you've had probably surgeries and things like that along the way as well for working out I have I have had surgeries well I had to have it when I when I you know when I punctured my my lung and broke and, and, and stuff like that but I've also learned um, that the body heals itself too if you give it a chance yes like recently I I, I tore my meniscus in my knee and uh, it was a pretty bad complex tear but I've overcome it now it's healed um, I figured out how to heal it without surgery. That's cool. Some advice from some doctors. And, and, and in a nutshell, what, what is the way that you went about healing it? Um, for the knee, what, what will happen, what your body will learn to do is it will learn to develop scar tissue. So what you do on a torn meniscus, and I'm not a doctor, but this is what I've learned from my own experience, is you go to the point of pain. You go right to the point of pain and you work out just touching it. Yeah. Don't go into it. Just touch it. Yes. What will happen is your body will acclimate to that position in the squat. Yes. And then you go down lower once there's that pain subsides. There's no pain at that point anymore. You go down lower and you lower. It's a slow process. You get to, you get to parallel. Then you start going below parallel and below parallel. So do you have to do you have to change your rep schemes or do you have to change how often you work out or anything like that? Well, you have to be careful in that. You know, you don't want an overuse type of situation too. But but basically, it, it the principle is that exercise uh, 
squatting down, testing that meniscus, right? The meniscus is the, is the shock absorber between the, the, the tibia and the femur. Mm -hmm. um, it's right there at your knee. So as you bend, that, that body, that meniscus, it starts to develop scar tissue and it starts to fill in where the tear was. I mean, I can squat 300 pounds now, at, ass to grass, all the way down. And I've taught the knee to adapt slowly, but it healed itself. And not the body that long, heal itself in many instances. Not that long ago. What was your what was your period of time between? Because I remember talking to you way back about this. What was the period of time between the time that you really had an issue where it was like surgery time and back to uh, squatting? Uh, well, events? About a year almost. Okay, so it takes some time. It oh, it takes time. Yeah. Oh, it's not a fast process yeah. at all. Yeah, let me let me ask you. There's so many good things here. Maybe you know. Uh, Maybe we can have you on in the future at some point because there's so much stuff that you've got here to talk about. But I do want to at least touch on uh, two, two things real quick. One is, do you take what you've learned and, and move it out to your family, let's say? To, do, do they, are they gaining the insights that you have? Are they gaining from that as well? Uh, no. <laughs> no. My kids, you know, I got a couple teenage boys and my daughter. They say... Uh, they, I embarrass them because I'm doing all these bizarre workouts at the park. Oh, yeah. you know? I don't think anybody, but that's the way they are. Kids are like that. They don't want to be embarrassed. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but yeah. I'm working on them. But uh, yeah, fun. they're like, you know, can't you just throw a baseball? I, I, it was funny. I was, I was hoping you were going to tell me some great inspirational story, like about how these, you got these guys going and they're just, no. you know. No, but I, like I say, I'm working on them. Keep working on it. And the other thing I want to ask you about uh, at this point, at least a little bit in today's interview, is nutrition. What have you found, uh, especially as getting older, especially somebody who works out as hard as you and needs as much recuperation and, and, and needs all the glycogen back and all that stuff that you need, what have you found out about nutrition that you kind of can pass on now that works? Well, I find that really... You, you need to eat whole foods as much as possible. I mean, the whole food, like a whole apple, yeah. you know, or uh, not too many things that are a recipe, so to speak, you know. Um, if, if you look at the digestive system of a human being, it's obvious we're omnivorous creatures. Our, that way our stomach is designed, even our mouth, you know, we have pointy teeth, we're omnivorous creatures. So. Uh, for protein, I eat a lot of organic chicken. I eat wild-caught fish and uh, lean, grass-fed ground beef. Um, yes. You have to eat wild-caught fish. Yeah. Never farm fish. Yes. They're fed garbage. Don't eat stuff like tilapia and farm salmon or farm tuna. They're feeding that stuff chicken feathers if you're lucky. Wow. And, and a bunch of stuff to make them bigger. Yes. And grass-fed beef is typically uh, much leaner than conventional beef, but it's also got a lot of key nutrients that you won't find in conventional beef, including exactly. antioxidants, vitamins, and it's got a beneficial fat that you'll only find in, if, when you're talking about beef, only in grass-fed beef, and that's called uh, CLA, conjugated linoleic acid. Right. And that's been tied to improved immunity and anti-inflammation benefits. 
Uh, also for protein, I drink a lot of, I drink protein shakes almost every day. I was going to ask you if you drink some protein shakes. Yeah, plant-based protein. I, I'm usually not taking whey. I'm usually taking plant-based protein. Do you feel like you have to supplement to get enough protein to kind of rebuild the muscle? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to. In a, in a pinch, getting some grass-fed, I mean, excuse me, some uh, plant-based uh, or, you know, good quality, good quality stuff, organic uh, protein. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's very convenient. Um, also, why not whey, by the way? Uh, whey kind of, uh, it's kind of gassy. Yeah, that's true. Um, I eat, but also for protein, I eat a lot of, uh, good quality. It's important to get good quality eggs, not just organic, yeah. uh, but good quality grass fed organic, um, eggs. Eggs are great. They have, good fat in them too. Yeah. Other fats I, I eat would include stuff like olive oil. You got, yeah. you know, good quality is on all this stuff. Did you get olive oil, avocado oil, avocados for yeah. fat. And of course, fat in the meat that you eat, all, all meat has some sort of fat in it. So you have a really, really good uh, diet all around. Now, do you find that you are getting that you feel a need for certain things? In other words, you work out and you kind of like feel the need for certain nutrients, certain, uh, you yeah, know. After, well, after I, well, after I eat, I like to get carbs in. Carbs yeah. are fuel. I gotta re, you gotta refuel. Carbs are very good for refueling, but sometime, not that much later, I gotta take in a protein because yeah. my body now, if it's gonna grow, it needs protein. Now you just know that or you kind of feel that as well? Well, I feel the need for carbohydrate yes. pretty pretty quickly after a workout. Yes. But then I know that if if my muscles, I don't want to start catabol, you know, cannibalizing itself. I'm going to have to give it some protein, or yes. else it's going to start feeding on its muscle for protein. Brian, um, and I know you've um, you've grown food as well. Do you still grow food and eat food? Well, unfortunately, I don't really have as much time for doing that. I always have spinach growing. I always have spinach because I use spinach a lot. Uh, so typically, I'll, I'll, I'll typically buy organic produce as much as possible. I know it's expensive, but I don't have a $10 a day Starbucks habit, you know. So, yeah. And I rarely eat out. So I... I, I make my investment in myself and buy good quality stuff and forego other things. Yeah, I understand. You kind of have to uh, yeah. as we get older. Now, yeah. did you, um, and I'm trying to wind down now because of time. Sure. Um, we, I trained you a couple different sessions for different things yeah. that you did. Yeah. And one of those times um, uh, you got under, well, you got, to, you got into the 10, uh, the, uh, 10% body fat range. Oh yeah. I mean, I took that 12 week, uh, transformation course, um, that you, uh, that you taught. Um, yeah. gosh, it was like about a year ago, you know, but I mean, did you, let me ask you this. Did uh, you learn anything new from the course that you didn't know going in? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I basically, I mean, I became the master of my, my physical destiny with that course, <laughs> yeah. if you will. It's amazing what you did. Oh man. I, I, I know what I have to do now to stay in shape. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to figure it out anymore. You know, uh, you gave me the recipe. 
And it simplified a lot of things for me. And it's nice to know what you have to do and it kind of drilled down. And so it's, it, you know, it's fun to experiment, but there's a point where you kind of just, you know, you want to drill down and, and we don't have a lot of time. So we want to kind of know what to do and then just yeah. do it. You know? Yes. I, I mean, I learned how to stay on track. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you get fit. All right. Yeah. And then you learn how to stay on track in a simple fashion. I mean, you see all these, uh, these things on TV, uh, where are on the internet where you've got the biggest loser okay he wins the biggest loser and then he gains it all back yeah what a waste we're, we're, yeah right but that's what I we're have, trying to do right we're trying to we're trying to get habits that's one thing i've really concentrated on is is myself and clients is the habits it's it's like the habit stupid right it's like right if we all kind of know what to do to a point it's nice to have somebody to to point to pinpoint some key things but generally speaking, we know what to do. But if we can get into the right habits of them, yes, we're good to go. And, and hone it down. I mean, I don't want to make this an infomercial for Greek physique, but right. it, it was easily the best thing I ever did for my fitness. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like you were saying, in 12 weeks, I lost 20 pounds. That's a lot considering the fact that I wasn't really in bad shape to be. You're already in good shape. My, my waist went from a 37 to a 30. Yeah. I went from 19% body fat to 10%. I mean, dead on 10%. Yeah. And even being, I mean, the, the, the thing that's uncanny to me and that I, I never really quite figured out was how did I get stronger? How did all my numbers go up being 20 pounds lighter? Yeah. When does that happen? It, it almost never happens. People talk about, uh, in, in the world of bodybuilding, they talk about bulking and cutting. Right. And they always think you can have to do one or the other. You bulk on, you're going to gain weight, and you're going to gain muscle, or you're going to cut. And, and you lose that, strength. What's that? Yeah, you would think when you cut, you lose strength. I, I found at some point that you could do both, and it blew my mind. And I'm like, oh, wow, I was taught a certain way. But that's why you got to be careful about what we're taught and not just to accept anything, because we can, we can, we can limit ourselves if we accept things that we don't yeah. have to accept. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it wasn't easy. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that, but I mean, it was totally worth it. And I totally recommend uh, checking you out for the 12 week program. I mean, it, it made all the difference. Yeah, it really did. You were, you were great uh, to work with. And yeah, we may work together again some one of these days, who knows, because, yeah. you know, but you learned, you know, you, it, it's great to work with people. It's so satisfying to work with people who, want to do it and you don't have to pull around to get them to do the yeah. stuff because yeah. ultimately yeah i can give somebody a pep talk but i'm really not interested in motivation per se yes you need inspiration yeah and sometimes people need to be maybe get get that tweaked a little bit but you want to somebody to be able to do it because they want to do it and they want to stick with it yeah yeah so Brian, in, in closing, did I miss anything? I, I, I got a list of questions I didn't get to, but I probably hit them all in one way or another, most of the important ones. Is there anything you want to get to or say uh, that we might have missed? Well, I mean, I'd say do full body exercises whenever possible. Work out, if, you're only, if you only have 10 minutes, work out for 10 minutes if that's all you can do. Yeah. But what I really want to tell people is start where you are to wherever you are. I don't care if you can't do a regular push up, 
do one on your knees. Yeah. And then when you get stronger, then learn to do a regular push-up. Then learn to do 10. Then learn to do 10 burpees. Exactly. If all you can do is a 30-minute mile, fine. That's fine. Work on a 29-minute mile. Then a 28-minute mile. And so on. All that matters, really, is that you keep striving to improve. That's right. And you get there slowly but surely. That's the big thing I'm learning. Don't yeah. push it. All you need is to take small steps, just small steps. I, I mean, I, I so agree with this. And, you know, especially when you get into an injury or something like you got with the meniscus. I yeah. had, uh, you know, a shoulder uh, a rotator cuff issue that I've been working through lately. Yes. Once you get to that point, it's like, you know, sometimes you just have to simply rest, of course. But there's other times where it requires just a little bit of work, a little bit of work. You may feel funny because you're carrying this little weight around and you're used to carrying a whole bunch of weight or whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. You just have to do what it takes to get back in the game and keep going, right? That's right. All you need to do is take small steps. Otherwise, you're going to get injured and that's going to be a setback. I've made that mistake too many times and I've learned my lesson. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I, I, I got this Nike shirt on and um, I, 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 I don't like Nike anymore because they gave this big contract to this uh, anti-American Colin Kaepernick. I you know? But <laughs> I, I, what I do definitely like their, their motto. And yeah. you know their motto. Oh, just do it. Just do it. That's I've always that motto. It's just always been it. one of my favorite mottos, and um, I've always liked that about them. Brian, if somebody needs to get in touch with you, or they like to get in touch with you, um, where would they, how would they do that? Just by email. That's it. I mean, I don't have a web page or anything like that. I'm just a regular guy. What's the email? Email is B like Brian, J like John, M I S U R. A C A like Apple Charlie Apple at gmail.com. Okay, great. Mizraka at gmail.com. DJ Mizraka at gmail.com. Uh, Brian, it's been really a pleasure. And like I said, I've known, I mean, known you for years and everything, but it's really, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, but especially here because I think you've said some really great stuff that can help the average person either get back in the game or play the game better, whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for uh, being with us today. And uh, I say us, it's just me. People always say being with us, being with me today. Okay. Yeah. And um, maybe we can do it in the future. There's probably, there's always lots of things I can talk to you about. And, uh, but I think people are really going to enjoy uh, uh, seeing you and seeing, uh, seeing you this podcast. So thanks again for, for being with me today. Oh, you're welcome. It's been fun. All right, thank you, man, and uh, I wish you well with everything. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, say sayonara to Brian right now. So, take care, Brian. Thank you again. All right, all right, people. Um, I just wanted to uh, just wrap up here and thank Brian again. He's an amazing guy, and uh, uh, you know, he's gonna be 62 in a month. But what he's been doing is just um, uh, amazing. I mean, he really is the kind of guy that inspires me. You know, I mean, he really helps me and I know he's going to inspire you. So uh, if you have any comments about the, the interview, anything like that, just, uh, you know, let me know in the comments. Otherwise, you know, like the video, subscribe, hit the bell icon. This is something I want to do more of, interviewing people who are doing something in this world. 
uh, and it may not always be exactly in, in fitness, but it's mostly going to be health and, and, and fitness. But it, it's going to be somebody who's doing something of note that's important. Somebody that, and also somebody that can help you to live a better life. So thank you very much for being with me today. And um, I look forward to talking to you again real soon about some other, other great issues. There's so much going on and there's so much that we can contribute here, I think, too, with, with some good information. So you take care of yourself. And uh, again, I'll, I wish you the best in health and fitness and take care.